This icon is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shit. Can you please come in? Hello and welcome to another dose of your weekly political shenanigans with us here at the Sunday Times. I am Emil Amra and this is the Sunday Times Politics Weekly Podcast. I'm joined in the studio this week by my colleagues here at the politics desk, Zingisa Mvumvu, Zimasa Matiwane and Kwanita Hunter. Guys, thank you so much for joining me in studio this week. I think we've got a lot to talk about. There was a lot of news last week and over the weekend, we've got a lot to get to. So let's get straight into it. This week... EFF chairperson Dali Mpofu said he would be surprised if Julius Malema stood for another term as party leader. Mpofu, who was speaking to Power FM on Monday, um, when he said that Malema could be re-elected for a final term at the party's upcoming elective conference in December, but didn't foresee him seeking another term after that. And I'm going to quote him now where he says, Our term ends in December and it's up to the delegates at the conference who will decide which leader they want, and if that means someone comes back, then someone comes back. If he, he's speaking about Malema, is re-elected in December this year, I would be surprised if he stands for another term. We need fresh ideas, we need fresh thinking. We can all play different roles. As I say, we are not stuck with titles. The thing is, guys, I can't imagine an EFF without Malema. He's paraded himself as the face of the party from its inception, their commander-in-chief. Um, guys, can there be an EFF without Malema? And if not, where's Malema going to go afterwards? Because nobody really agrees with his ideology in the political spectrum in the country. I'm talking about the other political parties. What do you think? Hmm. Look, I mean, one thing for sure is that uh, there is going to be a tight contestation in the EFF conference in December, as that is hmm. saying uh, they are electing new leadership. But I think his comments demonstrate that there is some sort of, uh, you know, disagreements within mm. the current leadership of which both is the national chairperson. Uh, you'll remember that uh, I think in their press conference just after the elections, in fact, just to say I'm not su- surprised mm. at all by those comments by Terry, in that press conference after the elections, uh, one of the people that Judas had taken aim at uh, perhaps not even direct uh, was uh, uh, Darimbov himself. Mm-hmm. Julia spoke about uh, leaders that had too much on their plates and such had failed uh, to mobilize uh, convincingly for, for, for the voting of the EFF. And he made an example of where Darimbov was deployed, which was the Eastern Cape, saying that he feels that they would have done much better if they hadn't deployed people who were caught up in a whole lot of things and I, I, I took but, but, I, but do you really agree with that because Dali is busy running all the EFF's legal battles I mean they need to pick their fights with what they want Dali to do because Dali can't be um, fighting all their battles in court and still mobilizing for them on the ground so it's pros and cons that's what I'm saying yeah. but I'm saying you, you, I'm just trying to demonstrate that uh, uh, perhaps where this is coming from this kind of mm. talks from Dali maybe I, I would assume that Dali took it personal as well and uh, again, at the weekend, at the uh, sixth uh, anniversary in Mpumalang, uh, uh, Juras Malema again uh, was on another, you know, attack, which uh, my analysis points that it was directed at uh, his deputy, Floyd Shibam. Mm. 
So you you can see uh, with those and Malema during that attack referenced to the upcoming conference saying that uh, the delegates must not appoint people who have hijacked this train train yes. being the EFF you know talking about people who are shapeless amubas who don't know what they stand for uh, talking about people who must who because they are being uh, you know praised they take things to their head and we know who often gets praised for being articulate and uh, clear on uh, you know issues of yes. the EFF. That's Floyd Chivambo. So on on that, I deduced that he was attacking uh, Floyd Chivambo. So you can see that all is not well within the higher structure of the EFF. And it is interesting that six months, well now we are like five months into their elective conference that there is such talk, and that uh, more people like Dali are opening up to talking about this because we know the EFF to be very centralized mm. in terms of its communication. In that whatever is communicated by their leader, their CIC, yes. turns out to be the rallying cause for everyone. But mm. if you're going to have uh, leaders like uh, Dalimbofu uh, talking like that on their own, mm. it should tell you something that uh, not all is well in terms of who must. Can we say? Can we say that Dalimbofu pulled an ace? Well, it was <laughs> 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 yeah, no, to a certain degree, I can say, and and also I I think it's good though in that it will open up democratic. Uh, you know, uh, debates within the mm. EFF about who must take the party forward after December, in that uh, not everything must be centralized uh, around uh, So, so Dali said that he wouldn't be surprised. Um, he's, he, it looks like he's pretty sure that Malema will have will be re-elected for another five years, yeah. but he's not sure whether he will run again afterwards. But Zimaza, do you think there's anybody in the EFF currently who has the sort of strength to go up against Julius Malema in December? This December? Yes. I think it's too late for that. Yeah. Uh, look, ultimately, the the EFF is 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 going to get at a crossroads where they want, uh, where they they decide if they want to be an IFP, where they have the same leader since uh, inception, <laughs> or they want uh, to be like other political parties where they are free and. Uh, clear democratic processes but uh, with a leader like Julius Malema I don't think it's going to be easy even after the 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 five years that commences in December his it's 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 his baby (laughs) it's his life yeah it's going to be very difficult to get rid of him I don't see him leaving willingly Mm. so it it will either strengthen the party or divide the Mm. party when it does eventually happen and also, just to add, uh, uh, Amir, on Zimasa, Zimasa is correct. I, I also personally don't see the EFF surrounding, uh, no, surviving, mm. rather, uh, beyond or outside, uh, without Julius Madem. Uh, the EFF, much as it's got its own distinct policies, mm. which are radically left, but it, 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 it doesn't escape the fact that it was built around this individual of in course. terms of its, uh, you know, public uh, appeal, yeah. uh, being Julius Malema. And Julius Malema, honestly, is the kind of leader whom I don't see mm. uh, playing a secondary role to the one that he is playing now. But also, you see, there are other talks, uh, you know, that keep on coming up and going about a possible return of Julius Marima to, to the, the ANC. Mm. I think that is also at, at play to a certain degree. I, I, I would like to assume that that is still within the cards and I would like to believe that some within his circle may not necessarily agree 
uh, with that particular stand of matching with the ANC. And I think that is going to be the cul-de-sac for the EFF, mm-hmm. whether Julius Marima continues or he returns to the ANC. And when he returns, does he return with everyone else or though the others remain behind and leave the EFF without him? As to whether they would make it without him, that's uh, out, 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 up, up well, for question. The thing we've got to ask ourselves is that Julius Malema still is a politician. Uh-huh. So if he were to be sort of outvoted in his own party, which he built up from the ground, where then from him? Because he wouldn't be, he wouldn't go to a second in command post. He would, his political expediency would now basically be cut to, cut short. He would have to have, he would have to be promoted to a more senior level and the only other senior place for him to go to is within the ANC. But wouldn't that be the ultimate example of being a flip-flopper that he's been accused of? Yeah, he's still young yeah. also. He's exactly. still very he's young. still very young. Uh, but, but I mean, he can, he can always start a Veterans League thing. <laughs> and lead it. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't see it happening, I mean, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't see uh, Julius Malema not leading the EFF anytime soon. Yeah. Well, despite uh, Darren Bufu's comments, I really, really... And besides, constitutionally, let's talk the constitutional, the EFF uh, constitution in terms of how many times one can run for a position is as open as that of the ANC. And the difference between the EFF and the ANC is that the ANC, the only thing that limits the presidents to two terms is that their uh, presidency is aligned with that of the country and the country limits one to two terms. Mm. But the EFF is still an opposition party and with that open uh, kind of a clause that says you can run for as long as you want, I don't see anything because you will have to come up with a constitutional mm. argument as to why Julius Madima cannot run for another term. And if the constitution allows him, he's got every right to run as long as he wants and I believe that he will run for that particular mm. position for as long as he's within the EFF unless that measure that is being spoken about do happen at some point in time. So, so here's the big question about the EFF. Are there factions in the EFF and is there anybody emerging in the party structures that would be able to take on Julius in the future? There are factions everywhere. The, yeah. No, of course, <laughs> but not, uh, well, I've got to say, as as to give it to the EFF, their factions are not very blatant. Yeah. As yeah. compared to other parties, they yeah, manage no. to sort of sustain it in, in their top structures yeah. and, they, and it doesn't really fall out into the public, does it? Yeah. No, no, definitely. The one one fact, again, that we cannot run away from, in terms of the centralization of communication within mm-hmm. the EFF, as I say, it's always centralized. Who addresses the press conferences of the EFF all the time is their commander-in-chief. Yes, in fact, the title alone, commander-in-chief, yes. it means he commands <laughs> exactly. everything that happens. So I believe that, yes, there is some differences that appear from time to time within uh, that uh, top leadership structure, but I believe they always opt out for a negotiated uh, you know, compromise within the leadership yes. itself uh, I, I would like to believe that the other person that would have the potential to uh, you know uh, contest Julius Marima so to speak even in terms of the views within mm-hmm. the EFF that would be Floyd, Floyd. Shibam mm-hmm. in fact Floyd Shibam so we're not giving any credence to um, the ice boy no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's no, not there no, yet. No, he's, he's not there yet. But <laughs> I, as I say, I believe that the only person who can challenge Julius Manema directly, even mm-hmm. in their meetings, that would be Floyd Shibam. And to a certain degree, uh, Dalimpovu. But again, I, I believe Julius Manema and uh, Floyd Shibam complement each other very well. Yeah. Uh, as uh, Floyd has appeared to be the brains, the think tank of the EFF, the one who is uh, able to articulate their policy direction mm-hmm. better than anyone. Meanwhile, Julius Manema cannot be contested as the face who's got the uh, the popular appeal to the public. So those two, uh, I believe as long as they work together, it will be for the good of the EFF. The day they really fall out that they have to challenge each other, I I suspect that will be the end of the EFF. 
Okay, let's take a quick break before we get into our next section where we're going to look into the story of the week. Now, remember to advertise on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly podcast. Please email us at smiths at tisoblacks.co.za. That's S-M-I-T-H-S at T-I-S-O-B-L-A-C-K-S-T-A-R.co.za. We'll catch you after the break. Racial identity politics, the phrase that has the potential to start an argument in just about any situation. That's why we're starting it first. Let's Start an Argument is a unique and insightful podcast series about the meaning of race to us today. Presented by researcher Cecilia Koch and Doctor of Philosophy Jason Werbeloff, the series aims to spark rational argument and meaningful discussion around this controversial topic. Find Let's Start an Argument now on the Cliff Central app, cliffcentral.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Now let's get back straight into our story of the week. Now we're going to take the story out of the Sunday Times front page this week. Juanita, it was written by you. The heading, uh, the title is Ramaphosa confronts critics at heated ANC meeting, warns on spy saga raging in the party. Now this obviously has to do with the ANC's NEC meeting, which happened over the weekend. And in this meeting, Ramaphosa is said to have thrown down the gauntlet to his opponents in the ANC leadership daring them to try to remove him at the party's National General Council next year. Now, his challenge, Juanita Yusei, came at the end of the week of increasingly bitter conflict in the party between Ramaphosa's factions and supporters of President Jacob Zuma. Now, when he was delivering the political overview on the first day of the party's NEC, um, Ramaphosa is said to have told the gathering that he has a date with those who plan to use the NGC um, to oust him. He said, be my guest. Um, this is according to an NEC member. Mm. So Ramaphosa is obviously um, throwing down the gauntlet. He's, he's finally showing some um, some leadership. Um, I'm, I'm hazard to say the word, the other word. So mm. some courage. He's taking on the offense for once. Um, normally we see Ace Makashule coming out and and mm. and driving the um, the campaign from the other faction. But for once we see Ramaphosa sort of ramping DMT, up and, yeah. and and addressing these issues. Um, what do you think? Uh, I think that it was, uh, you know, a strong start of the meeting. These type of meetings now in the post-Nazarek era Mm. is that there's no one way things can go. It's literally, you know, matter by matter. It can go either way. Um, And so obviously Ramaphosa being under fire, being under intense attack from ANC leaders, Mm. um, you know, on social media and in the public domain. And so he went there almost trying to set the tone to say, uh, if you want to remove me, then, you know, Bring, bring it on, on yeah. but but that didn't. It, I think it was almost like a th- uh, like um, you know trying to disarm his opponents, but mm. I don't think it worked. And and Fufu, you can come in here because if it were, if it if 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 it was the case, if if they were really dis um, you know disarmed or or, or mm. rattled in any way, the issue of Derek Hanukom wouldn't have been raised in the way that it was. We know Tandi Mahambetlala told the president, and she is a known Zuma supporter, told the president, or told the NEC, that the president must implement the public protectors report on Pravin Gordon and 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 um, like he did um, in, in the Malusi Gigaba matter. So I do think that there was a push and pull between two sides trying to assert, um, uh, you know, their influence or assert their viewpoints on the different controversial matters that was discussed by the NEC. 
Zagisa, for me, this is sort of the first time that I've seen the president be very adamant and very strong about his position. He's normally very, as um, Zimasa said earlier, docile when it and and when it comes to um, his approach to the ANC and its leaders. What do you think? Mm. Look, that that's 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 precisely correct, Amir. But I, I believe that now that the fight is directed at him as well mm. directly not only those that are aligned to him which has been the case most of the time mm. because there was really nothing to falter him for until uh, of course the report of the public protector so he can feel the heat now and uh, generally the ANC is in tatters since Nazarek people have been speaking from all angles yeah, there's no central message as to the line of march of the ANC but as Jew is saying that uh, he might have done that but it doesn't seem to have worked I mean uh, looking at the statement that uh, the party released today uh, you you see sort of that there was a couple of compromises you'd you'd see for instance with their stance now on the south african reserve bank much as they say they will still continue with nationalization but responsibly you see nationalization would be the ace faction responsibly would mm. be the ramaphosa faction Derek anecom issue referred to the nwc to process it for uh, you know, further disciplinary measures, which again would seem like the AIDS faction didn't really uh, lose that fight completely. So, as Chu is saying, but I, I feel uh, for the president, it might have been a good start to show that he's willing to fight because that's the thing in the ANC, you'll never survive mm-hmm. unless you are willing to play dirty as is culture within the ANC. But the unfortunate part, all the time when the ANC factions fight, it is the grass that suffers. Who's the grass? It's me, me and, and you, you and the rest <laughs> of the people. <laughs> that's the sad part of about course. this thing, as far as I'm concerned. Well, of course, of course, it was time that he took a stand, but also on, on the issue of the NGC, I truly don't believe that it is the platform where the president could be removed. Mm. Um, in terms of, of ANC branches, uh, the president recently put uh, premiers, mm. mostly provincial leaders of, of the ANC in place, those people that have control of PECs, regions, branches, those are the people that are communicating a message we know that we are not going to the NGC to remove our president. Okay. But also Ramaphosa, I'm sure he knows that if there are people who want to remove him now, it would be, who, who is his replacement in the ACE faction? Good question. Yeah, but so he has nothing to lose. Maybe it's Ace yeah. himself. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> not now, not now, we're not ready. As Andile Nguitama said. <laughs> we are not ready, we are not ready. So um, it, it's, it's good that he's taking a stand. At least he can be confident, you know, in knowing that, well, for the presidency of the ANC and the country, he may be the best guy that they have right now. And he does have support. Zingisa, you went to the um, ANC's post-NEC briefing at Lutuli House on Tuesday. What did you make of it? Did it? What came out of the from the message from Ace Magashule, and what did it indicate that happened at the NEC meeting? As I said, for me, it's just a bunch of compromises all over the pl- uh, place, almost on all issues. In fact, really, I, I think it's going to be tough uh, for, for the ANC going forward in that they first fight these things out in public, mm. and then they go and feel each other's power within the ANC, a- a- and because of unity, which is what they've been preaching since Nazarek, thanks to DD, <laughs> <laughs> they end up meeting compromises. Seriously, there was nothing firm, even on the issue that I raised of the Reserve Bank. It, for me, now the ANC is 
becoming more confusing than ever. And I feel this is exactly what the investors don't want, in that the ANC messaging keeps on changing. You see, now they change the tone. In fact, today, the nationalization is not the word that they use. They yeah. used uh, to say the bank's sovereignty must be returned to the hands of the people as a whole. And I asked, what are you talking about? Yeah. If we moved from nationalization, like, no, it's the same thing. <laughs> but I'm like, why are you choosing this uh, wedding? Yeah. You see, it's these kind of compromises that I'm talking about. And I guess really it, it sends confusion and uh, mixed messages and it doesn't really assist mm. because the ANC must have a stance it must be known that this is what mm. it stands for on various issues and I mean with uh, Anacom as well we don't know uh, why would such a clear cut matter still be referred mm. to the NWC NWC will still recommend to the same ANC which had an opportunity to make a decision on that issue right now mm. and you know the thing is uh, is that the ANC is almost like painting this broad picture of what actually happened in the meeting when you know we know obviously what happened and they try to dismiss media reports but the reality of it is what comes out in that statement is actually not really what happened if you just take the issue of uh, makura david makura the Gauteng premier mm. he was instructed to effectively fire a male mec mm. um and replace it with a female mec because um he did not fulfill the, the requirement of a 50-50 gender parity issue. Um, and that's a big announcement, I would think. That's not an announcement, a big decision. Yeah. But when the ANC comes out, I don't know, what is it? The ANC is committed to gender balance, you know? Mm. So that that kind of messaging. Um, and then also, like, if you talk about the Reserve Bank, I mean, the president really went in on this matter. He even, there was even, you know, an effort to call out Mzwandile Masina, who actually, you know, has been putting his hand in that pie, you know, for 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 whatever reason one one doesn't know. Um, but then again, when when the, when the message is communicated at the back of the meeting, uh, it, it it's it's a bit confusing. And I think that um, there was an attempt to to control what is be, what is reflected um, from ANC discussions by Ramaphosa and those around him. But I don't think seeing what you're saying. Uh, Zingis, I don't think uh, Ace Mahashule was gagged in the way they thought he would be. The ANC is like a coalition government. Yeah, mm. but yeah. it's one part. <laughs> it's one yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. That's the unfortunate mess. thing. That's very, very unfortunate. It's a mess. And you know, guys, I, I'm tired of discussing it. Mm. I'm tired of reading about it. Uh, I I truly, truly, truly wish that there was one slate that won in Nasrek. Sorry yeah. for you, your political try. reporter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, no, I, I agree with Zimas. I, this, I feel like nothing thing, is going to get done. No, mm. never. Until there's an outright victory at a conference. Yeah. Yes, and, and that's 2022, my man. <laughs> so we've got a long way to go until yep. then. Let's hope the country doesn't <laughs> fall apart until then. Anyway, we're going to take another short break. Join us when we get back, when we're going to tell you what to expect when you're unsuspecting. Guns. Guns. An essential tool in self-protection or a catalyst for criminality. CliffCentral.com presents GunCast, a podcast that unpacks the divisive issue of gun ownership in South Africa. Join legal expert Martin Hood as he hosts a series of talks with both sides of the gun lobby. Whether you support the right to carry guns or you believe they're a destructive tool that society could do without, GunCast will enlighten and challenge you in equal measure. Find GunCast now on the Cliff Central app on cliffcentral.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back. So another big decision that came out of the NEC was about its youth league. Um, the NEC had made a decision to disband the ANC's youth league um, and said it would appoint a task team to organize an elective conference no later than February 2020. So I'm guessing what we can do is we can look forward now to a lot of contestation around the leadership positions in the ANC Youth League. Um, I don't really understand the, leaders, the, the reason to disband it. It wasn't really, in my view, functioning in the first place. So they've just disbanded it officially, but I can't remember the last time the ANC Youth League actually did anything worth talking about. Yeah. Um, now... The interesting part is that um, the people who have been appointed to this task team, it's going to be headed by Tandi Mai. Oh, I'm going well, to fuck this name. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask him who it's going to be headed by. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, Giza, tell us a little bit about who this task team is going to be headed by and some of the members in this group. Um, is the ANC going with their whole unity notion and are they combining people from the different factions or did one faction win outright here? Ooh. Well, uh, as, as you say, very interesting developments. Amil, uh, the, the, the national task team will be headed by Tandi Mahamilthala in collaboration with Sibongile Pesani as coordinator and convener separately. Uh, and then there's a lot, whole lot of other, you know, uh, seniorship, you know, as, as it's, it's become to be known. <laughs> the other ones were disbanded were the eldership. So it seems now we have the seniorship, <laughs> which, which is mostly people who have been in the youth league before. Malusi Kikawa has been the president of the youth league. Fagiram Barura has been the president. Yes, of course. Lulu Johnson is one of the people that have been. And most many other people, Dakota Lekwede is old, very old. Yeah. Well, I can't even remember when was the last time he was there. So it, it's quite interesting. Uh, Amir as well that they decided to take that particular stance of actually putting in senior people to be part of this task team mm-hmm. uh, despite the calls by, by, by the members of the NC uh, who had called for this disbandment ha- having been that uh, it should be young people but the reasoning of uh, uh, SGA's Mahashud on that one was on the basis that uh, they don't want to put young people who may have interest of running themselves mm. in that it will give them advantage but also it, it, it doesn't make a difference as far as I'm concerned because this same seniorship can still have proxies you know have proxies yeah, exactly. that they you know sort out to make sure that they image so it really also I don't understand what they mean they disbanded I mean uh, Colin Mayne is still there the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole uh, officials of the, of the so-called previous. disbanded mm. yeah. NCU are still there mm. exactly. it, they just and, moved to the NEC and members. those people were the biggest, uh, they, the disbanders had a big problem yeah, with, with that league. Yeah, they were the defaulters. They, the secretary general of the of the youth league, gets rewarded with the deputy minister position when he couldn't hold a meeting. Exactly. You had one job. Hold <laughs> yeah. He can't do it. Yeah. And also, why do you put him back there? This guy now is a full time deputy minister. Yeah. You still put him there. So I, I don't know really what was the thinking of uh, the NC. It seems confusing. And I can tell you. I suspect that there's nothing that's going to change in terms of whatever leadership that's going to emerge going forward other than being proxies of some of these people who are most of them are members of the senior national executive mm. committee mm. instead but it, in terms of factions it seems balanced it will just be a matter of who's matter in terms of putting in their proxies Zimosa, maybe you can ex- explain this to our listeners um why is it so important um to sort of have control over the youth league does it hold any significance and what significance does it hold to the larger organization because because personally for the last couple of years it's just been a factional battle point Um, but in reality the way it's supposed to be why is it so important for the ANC if if you're an ANC leader who manages to fix who is in the leadership of the Mm -hmm. youth league 
both the, the officials and the NEC. Then you have a group of young people who will be militant and radical when you want them to, mm. who will take to the streets on whatever matter you want them to take to the streets for. Mm. So if there is an issue around the Reserve Bank and the mm. NEC disagrees, yes. these are the people that you can sponsor. You can use yes. to amplify your position mm. that perhaps maybe you failed uh, yeah, to yeah. in, in the NEC because of, of, of this faction. So they are important well, important for lack of a better word, <laughs> in in the top leadership for mm. that. But also for the ANC generally, the ANC, when they don't have a youth league, they don't have a youth voice within the ANC and they mm. lack understanding of what the youth of South Africa want. Mm. Um, I'm excusing the past yes. ANC youth league because they were, yeah, very, very <laughs> dodgy. But it's, it's important that you have the structure and mm. it functions uh, for for the good of of the organisation, you needed to be independent, uh, and yeah, but it hardly ever is independent. Do you? I think that you you buy patronage when you when you have the youth league. So every time you need to make noise or you need to get support on a particular issue, it's like almost your rent a crowd immediate. Yeah. You know, and this is within party structures, and I feel like. Um, this 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 last what Zimasa calls dodgy grouping <laughs> were rewarded the most um than any other youth league before with with, with positions mm. because in the past there would be you know one or two people that would be parachuted yeah. uh, um into the executive but this time around there were a lot of young people from the youth league that made it um and also like i said with the secretary general you couldn't call a meeting now you're a deputy minister so it's actually it's people who are vying for the position of youth league leaders know themselves that they don't actually have to care about the youth league <laughs> as long as they align themselves with a certain grouping and i mean you like there's a picture that will never ever leave my mind of Ronald Amola in two thousand just two thousand and fourteen, right? Um I mean and that confidence was also as a result of this shamble like mm. almost worse shambles at the time. Um where I mean uh, there was an attempt to have a meeting uh, to have a conference. Zuma realized the numbers were not in mm. his favor. He changed it into a consultative conference. <laughs> Eventually, there was. So you understand what's at stake of when course. you realize yeah. that if you, if, if Zuma was going to have a Ronald Ramola as ANC Youth League president, his days would have long work. been numbered. That's mm. why it was so important for the then Premier League to sure. say, let's find a guy from the Northwest, even though he was over age, <laughs> yeah. and parachute him in. But that's what at stake. Now let's talk about this revive ANC Youth League movement. Now they <laughs> issued a statement <laughs> on Tuesday as well. Who are they and what are they saying? Well, they are, they are a bunch of disbanders. <laughs> <laughs> but no. I was surprised at their, at their numbers and their articulation on Friday as well. Yeah. Look, this is a group of uh, ANC Youth League uh, members, or, or at least people who claim to be ANC Youth League mm -hmm. members. Uh, who have been at the forefront of advocating for what the NEC ended up doing at the weekend to disband yes. uh, the useless ANC Youth League executive as was led by their president, Colin Maine. Uh, so they, they've been really uh, pushing for that. As I said, the only thing that they didn't get was the fact that they had wanted this national task team to be led uh, by young people. Hence, they are uh, issuing a statement now rejecting it. Uh, and and you see, I guess again, in terms of 
uh, the seniors at the uh, uh, mother body NSC level is not to succumb to that is the fact that the way the NSC league has been so uh, you know uh, useless uh, mm. over the years <laughs> people no longer even know these kind of members these are NC league members but you don't know much mm. because there was not activity within the yes. NC league to know one in terms of where they are who each faction they align with therefore maybe you 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 sort of first need to study who are these people would what do they align in what which faction do they believe in mm. before they can get blessings from the senior leadership of the ANC but uh, I, I guess only time will tell but I don't see uh, the decision of the NNC uh, changing they can reject it all they want but I guess mm. this is what they have to do with going forward I can push that's all the time we have this week um, thank you all for listening in and thank you for joining me in studio guys catch us again next time um, we'll be back next week Tuesday or Wednesday um, with another explosive episode for you guys remember to follow us on Twitter at hashtag stpoliticsweekly you can talk to us on there um, you can also find the link to this podcast on the Times Live website under the opinions and analysis page take care guys have a good week